Hello? Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, with a second dose in one of his what, arms, what, are you? What? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Yes, I'm mere hours uh, uh, behind my dose that is now uh, starting to take hold. And uh, Fred, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? I'm hoping you're not feeling too foggy. Uh, right after this, Matt's going to get straight to some Gatorade yeah. and <laughs> throwing darts at to carry uh. price poster. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I, w- I will say that I am one of those people who had Pfizer first and then had Moderna second. Seems to be a lot of hesitancy about that. And I just got to say I did it. Uh, you, know, you know me best from uh, as seafood guy from the boys. So uh, it, do what he would do, and don't be afraid to mix your vaccines. Uh, they work. It's safe. Uh, we're going to get this thing. Matty D, my own personal Sir Mix-a-Lot. Um, <laughs> he's, you know, come on. Like, my, my brother was mixed. I'm double Moderna. Yep. Whichever way you, 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 you do it. Both the same twice, thing. Yeah, yeah. Is good. Um, yeah, Matt, we got, we got a lot of fun stuff going on for the pod. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I think just let's let's just cover the let's let's cross our T's and dot our I's. If people want to find us, share us, uh, you know, help us out. Anything. How do they do all that? You know what? As I always say, dunkspodcast.com. I always post the episodes there. You can listen there. And then it's just this beautiful, you know, Tony Hawk one skateboard of links, you know, on the deck. Lots of different stickers you can you can press. Uh, I've, I did realize that uh, some of the social media ones are kind of twitchy right now. Is, is the only way I can describe it. I got to figure out what that's about. They're a bit twitchy, uh, but mm-hmm. you can still <laughs> click on them. And then you can also go to the Sonar Network. That is a network that we are a part of. Tons of great podcasts being added all the time. I feel like the arsenal is really growing with the network. Uh, and yeah. of course, you know, like we're not the only sports podcast anymore. So that's kind of cool too that, uh, hey. you know, we were we were the first. Don't forget that. Okay. But now Never. you know we're getting some more more and more, uh, you know, different categories that you can listen to. There's just so many different things. So check us out there. And then yeah, our Instagram and our Twitter. We've got our link tree set up so you can just you know blast to whatever you need, whatever you need. You need a toque? Send us a message. We're gonna get you a, a bloody toque. Not full of blood, but you know what I mean. Yeah, an anti-itch, anti-blood, too. <laughs> yeah. That's what you got coming your way. Guaranteed no um, blood. And, you know, I uh, love the Tony Hawk reference for the younger folks. He was a skateboarder. Um, a famous skateboarder. And, uh, I mean, yeah, if it's twitching, no worries. Keep yeah. a clicking. Am I right? Uh, okay, let's, um, let's talk about this pool, Matt. Uh, I oh, know you're boy. probably not feeling good, and I don't want to rub it in. I still got a lead, though. 
you still do have a lead. Yeah, but you know what? I did a little bit of math here, and every time it doesn't matter who wins with Atlanta and uh, the Bucks, you always get five <laughs> points me. closer to me. So, however, you know, hopefully it ends soon, so that you know, if it goes to seven, you're just going to keep moving five points closer and beyond. But like, yeah, I guess I'm still in it a little bit just because you have the sun so low. And if they do manage to get through, maybe I have a shot, but I, I still think it's just a matter of time. I really do. Hmm. I, do. I thought I had already mathematically beat you. That's maybe you have. I'm, maybe you I have. Know, that's the only reason I'm acting this confident, but yeah. looking at, and you know, for anyone who's just listening, please check this out on YouTube. Yeah. Matt has done an Excel spreadsheet of uh, our. Uh, 2021 playoff pool and we actually both ranked the teams one to 16 which is a really fun way to do it because you can kind of see who's overachieved how much they've overachieved Mm. and matt's assigned the points you know weighted from one to 16 so it's been uh it's been fun like my my bucks pick is uh kind of like finally paying off yeah but but also you know the there are a lot of similar picks but i think you can kind of see where the you know, variances where, 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 where the like different little unique picks stand out and kind of separate us. So yeah, uh, that's good times. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, uh, you know, to check this out on YouTube, check our pool. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm 770 Matt 781. I think I am going to pass him. Uh, I don't want to brag. You know, he's got a second dose. He might be a bit loopy, right? He doesn't need this. I know. It's hard to look at right now. Yeah. You know what, Matt? Like, it's fine. Don't worry about this. I'll send you a video. Like, you know, instead of a fireplace video, I'll send you a snowblower video. Nice. Um, That's just kind of like, you have to watch a guy in endless field blowing snow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Okay. I think uh, we are just about ready to get going uh, on this podcast. It was yeah. such a fun podcast. Uh, we, we had Catherine Niker um, and uh, and Katie Heindel um, together again. Uh, great chemistry. It was really fun. Uh, lots of lots of cool busyness going on in the NBA. Um, one thing that uh, me and Matt are kind of just reading on Twitter a little bit uh, after the record. Uh, that I sort of want to touch on is, you know, the Billups and Kid uh, hirings um, and and kind of just the lack of accountability and the want to go forward without, you know, without clarity or speaking to, uh, you know, victims. Uh, it's just, you know, we can see when, when you're trying to bulldoze through uh, mm-hmm. and and you know, skirt around something that is, that genuinely, genuinely needs to be spoken to, not in like a, a way where we're going to, you know, do the Terrence Davis Sacramento um, quick test, uh, ask you a couple questions and then go straight to basketball talk. Um, so yeah, it's definitely disappointing. And I think as fans, we all need to, you know, demand more accountability. We can have it. And mm-hmm. I think, it's going to be better when we do. So uh, that's what I'm going to say on that. Uh, but um, before we dive right into this podcast, I will also say uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, email your city councilors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a bit of a brain fart there. Defund the police and stop Asian hate. Uh, and Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. 
going here and bring on uh, our very first guest um this is going to be a, a fun podcast because uh it's a little bit of a redo from a super fun episode we had uh, i think a couple months ago um yeah but without any further ado um you know she's been on the podcast a million times she writes for uh the raptors uh for up rocks she does a uh, basketball with sean woodley um she knows everything there is to know about feelings and how they relate to basketball and also a bunch of other cool life stuff give it up as loud as you can even if you're at home alone for katie heindel <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is already very dramatic because the storm, the crazy storm that's been raging across the city has just started again where I am. Yes. My, uh, my, it's my, a good like, omen. my oh, outside keeps going dark and light mm-hmm. and dark mm-hmm. and light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that said, team. it's wonderful to be back. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to Marco, our biggest fan. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Marco, we love you. Uh, if you're listening, um, keep up the good fight. Uh, we know that the uh, Eglinton LRT will be finished on time. <laughs> so across town, electrical uh, man, he's the best. Um, yeah, uh, well, let's just uh, keep this baby rolling and bring on guest number two. Um, she's incredible. Uh, we just started a, a podcast together, uh, the Pickup, a WNBA podcast, which we're doing every two weeks. Um, she also does Buckets and Tea. She's written for a bunch of shows that you've laughed at. Uh, she's an incredible stand-up. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Catherine Niker. <laughs> I feel like I really vibe with the songs this time, you know? I mean, I really should just come up with a formal dance at this point, but I haven't yet. Yeah, you know. It's true. I was going to say something, but it's cool. Yeah, also shout out to Marco, our biggest <laughs> Shout out to Marco. You are a goddamn gem. Um yeah, let's. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. So let's just start talking uh, Raptors ball. Uh, Maddie, good sir, I know you're there. Please give me your most delicious sounding Raptors sting. Okay, this was uh, <laughs> a new audio mix. <laughs> talking about Masai. Spoiler uh, alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we shall be talking about Maasai and that sound you heard uh, and 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 how Maasai relates to that. A lot of tugboats in my sounds. You know, you, different you horn. Wanna, yeah. I, I felt I, like I traveled forward and back in time simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the facts and the and the boat. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know what? 
Thanks for saying the facts. There's a lot of facts audio in there too. Like, <laughs> is it a fax or a dial-up? No, it's a fax. It's how he okay, sends his trades in the early uh, 90s. And there's a robotic voice. <laughs> so we're really hitting different marks here. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're breaking down Matt's like audio foley. He's got the chipmunk voice usually, uh, foghorn often. Um, and then, yeah, the, the fax sound. Um, or tugboat, foghorn. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Katie, let's uh, let's start with you, um, and not necessarily commenting directly on the Hollinger rumors, um, the the one about the Golden State Warriors uh, and Siakam, and then well, I guess the other one seemed to be that um, uh, we're likely to sign resign Gary Trent Jr. But, you know, just in light of where we're at with rumors and kind of this part of the offseason, um, I can't really tell what I want exactly. But, um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm curious where you're at as far as, like, do you, do you feel like this team needs a, needs a course correction or, or patience? Or you know, where, are you, where are you at? I'm still at the fact that I think they got through all the crap that they might have had to deal with this offseason like at the end of this past season, you know, I think they're, they got the jump on a lot of teams in terms of just like, well, one, I hope they keep chem, but just like they had, they had all the pieces that they were lacking. They kind of got them. And now they've had time to adjust and troubleshoot a little bit at the end of that season, see what worked, like where the glimmers of hope were, you know, where we Mm -hmm. could kind of like put some of the worst nagging problems to rest. But I think this to me is more flattering than anything else. I do. I am a Wiseman fan. I think he got a terrible shake of like luck this season, you know, getting injured and then getting COVID not really having a preseason as a rookie to develop into. Um, But that said, it's not like a Siakam type deal. And that said, I don't even think the Raptors need to look at any deals like that. And um, I'll just shoot that under. Yeah. I did it feels hear very that ominous. Thunder. It feels, yeah, it's like, don't trade Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the generally, I would say that. Sorry. It's true. I think that they, they, um, like the Thunder as in Presti. Yeah, he just wants to hoard all his picks. Um, I meant like but, the natural event, but you know what? <laughs> it works I both think- ways. But they're in a really good position. You know, I don't, I think they're, they have a lot of space. They got to obviously figure out what's going on with Lowry or Lowry has to figure out actually what's going on with Lowry and the mm-hmm. team will hopefully uh, compensate and adjust accordingly. But I think like generally when you see these kinds of rumors and start swirling and come up, it just means that this is a team that's in the conversation, which honestly how the Raptors were playing in February and March, I did not think would be the case this off season. So to me, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And, you know, two points I feel like that jump out to me is that it's flattery. You know, I think like a lot of times fans freak out when it's like, oh, they want this like incredible player. It's like, yeah, man, I bet you 29 teams want Siakam. Um, you know, we've seen him in big situations do incredible things. And despite your opinion of, of him in the clutch or, you know, how he'll be for the rest of his career in the clutch, Um, I think his value is extremely high. His upside is still high. Um, And um, what what, what was it? Oh, yeah, the other point that I I just wanted to jump on was that um, I think you you said it so perfectly about the end of this season. And I think, you know, it was weird because there was a lot of things going on. I think, yes, they were keeping people healthy. Yes, they weren't desperate to be in the play-in. 
but also they were figuring things out. And I think that they just didn't have the opportunity to do that. And I totally agree that I feel like as far as direction, they kind of mm-hmm. did a jump and like fill in some parts. Like they, they, you know, the, the, the Gary trade was very much a future trade. Um, and yeah, like whether Gillespie is like a big part of our team, who knows whether Utah is like a, a major role player next year, who knows, but I think like they've are, they're working on it and, mm-hmm. and, and, and we're kind of seeing that. Um, and we got to yeah. see that in some, pretty high leverage scenarios sorry and i think the mood the only last thing i'll say is like the mood increased so much toward the end of the season whether that was because the pressure of playing was off and it was clear like they weren't going to make it whether that's because a lot of them were probably stoked to get the hell out of tampa and put the season behind them like whatever it was the chemistry was back they were working together you could see the kind of boost that they usually have playing as a team but in this case it was with like a whole new crop of guys Sorry, the real dog. <laughs> Incoming Aww. dog storm. Oh. <laughs> but it was it. with like a whole new crop of guys, which is very to me like it's just a hopeful sign. So yeah, I I feel pretty good. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, where where are you at, Catherine? As far as you know, this kind of, I guess the combination of rumors and. Um, like course correction and you know it can be like an adjustment it doesn't have to be a, like a wholesale thing like do you think this is an opportunity for the Raptors to make a big change you know like to the core perhaps well just to to clarify this Hollinger report is just that the Golden State Warriors are interested not that both teams are in serious talks that's yeah. correct yeah okay sorry I just wanted to make sure that was the case Yeah, I mean, I agree. This is just flattery, frankly. Like, I hope Siakam's ego feels boosted (laughs) by all of this. I mean, that's how I think he should feel uh, from this. Like, oh, the team that I beat in the finals two years ago wants me? Like, that's cute. You know, I I mean, I think in terms of like an actual trade, I'm not, okay, I'm not against trading Siakam but I think it needs to be for more than than Wiseman and a pick frankly like I just think he's worth more than that also I don't even think that lines up financially like I think um I mean I don't have the numbers in front of me but I think you would have to throw in another player um just for that to line up accordingly so I mean I yeah I'm not against the uh the idea of trading him but it's got to be for for more than for more than this like I think Siakam's proven himself at this point to be more valuable than than James Wiseman no disrespect to Wiseman I just don't Mm -hmm. think he's there yet as a as a comparable yeah very very fair and like you but do you is it fair to say like this is an opportunity or do you think it's kind of like you know it's just it's just good news. We, we we got the fourth pick and like carry on doing what we're doing. And also we, we, we got a little bit lucky and let's kind of like, like make the most of that. I mean, it could be, but I, the thing that I'm really kind of confused about with the Raptors right now is I don't really know what this whole like rebuilding slash retooling process uh, is going to look like over the next few years. I'm kind of confused as to what the team's goals are overall. Like how much do we want to win right now versus how much do we want to build over the next, you know, three years yeah. or so. Um, just, I'm, I'm just pulling the number three, just based kind of on like Fred's age and that sort of timeline and contracts and stuff. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what this team wants. And I just feel very like, I mean, maybe Katie has some insight on this. I just feel really confused 
about the Raptors in a lot of ways over the last several months. I mean, we're going to get into the Messiah, so I'll save that. But that's one thing, you know, the the trading Kyle, not trading Kyle, then keeping him, then sitting him out, which obviously worked out because we jumped up to four. But that was also kind of lucky. So I don't really know, like, what this team's planning long term. So it's mm-hmm. hard for me to have an opinion on it, if that makes sense. No, that I think yeah. the waters are are pretty murky. Sorry, go ahead, Katie. No, I, I was just going to say, Catherine, I'm really glad you said that. I was actually talking to someone this morning about that and just saying how, like, you know, last season I think was a weird anomaly, mm-hmm. but it was the first time I felt the front office was maybe out of step with the, like, even signaling what the franchise goals were. I mean, we knew the goal was hopefully the playoffs when they started the season. And then that became mm-hmm. quickly apparent. Like that just could not be the case um, roster wise, you know, like personnel wise, but I don't feel like, you know, as much as I said that things kind of ended on a hopeful note, I don't have any sense of where they want to go next season. This, the like optimistic part of me hopes that that means they want to stay flexible. Maybe they want to get a little bit weird with like, what the roster can look like and you know depending especially like on who they pick in the draft I think maybe they're waiting for that but I think it's mm-hmm. it's a weird feeling to have as a Raptors fan because this has always been a team that had a real clear sense of who they were and where they were going yeah so that's, th- that's exactly it yeah mm-hmm. I think I think you t- you totally nailed it with the confusion about where we are and and Catherine you brought up Masai so I feel like it's it's time to go there and <clears throat> pardon me I, I think one thing I loved about Masai in terms of like just general ambition is it seems like maybe you know not including the first season where we decided to go for it uh, you know and 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 lost to Brooklyn but there's been this simultaneous like I'm going to build and win at the same time. And, you know, not a lot of franchises have done that. You know, everyone goes to the Spurs right away. And, and, you know, there's, there's a couple other that tried to do this like weird tightrope walk of like not being a major market and then also developing, but also being good. And it, you know, usually they're not at the top, top of the league. And I think Masai kind of like struck gold, but also it was like, there was a method to the madness and we saw it going up the whole time. And yeah, now we're in this phase of kind of like we, we won the jackpot, but we're still have talent and we still have a lot of the assets he had built up, but are losing some. And yeah, it's kind of a confusing thing. It's it's sort of like, we didn't know what to do at the top of the mountain when we got there. Um, I don't know if that's a bad analogy, but um yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't know. That's, that's a great analogy. What do you do? You know what? In all fairness, when I get to a top of a mountain, I basically am already like, I want to go down. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, what if it starts to rain when I'm up here sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, have you but- seen Have you seen or heard from people who have tried to climb Mount Everest and why it's so hard? Because they're like, oh, like I was so ambitious to climb up this mountain and it didn't think about getting back down and then people oh. die that way oh no oh I, mean I didn't know that your like example is gonna end and end people die yeah. that way yeah. Yeah, but, but not but they like i remember this interview i was too young probably and traumatized to to watch this but anyway these two wrote a whole book about it and uh they didn't make it all the way in the top because they they had to save their their lives and it was quite harrowing well, you're you're traumatizing me right now. I always um, said they have a gondola, 
like a comfortable gondola you could take down on the other side. Hidden. There we go. Yeah. You know what? The zip line. <laughs> Someone get on it. I'm not going to say names. Marco, if you would talk to your people. Um, we could get uh, an electrical gondola for the, for the poor folks who haven't thought about the trip down. Um, oh, man. Sorry. Okay. No, this is good. Um, uh, fun divergence. But uh, actually, Matt, if you, uh, I'm throwing you in a bit, but if you want, uh, please come in because I'd love to hear your answer to this question too. Um, right. But yeah, Catherine, let's go to you first. And uh, it's just... You know, Masai, uh, I think when this podcast airs tomorrow, the 30th, I'm pretty sure like the technical end of his initial, that, I think that's close to the date. Anyhow, um, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not really a contract specialist. So I don't know if there's like, it ends, but then there's like, oh, well, you know, if the draft is right around the corner, you carry on or whatever. Um, but yeah, where are you at with Masai? Give us, uh, give us your prediction about what you think is going to happen with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know either. Is it like my gym membership? Does it just roll over? Like, I have no yeah. idea. I have no idea what happens with this contract. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, for any Mad Men fans that are listening, it's very Don Draper. Don Draper kept wanting to stay with the company, but he's always like, no contract. No contract. I don't want to be tied down. That's what it reminds oh, me of. Oh, I like that. I don't want to be tied down. Um, anyway, where have I heard that before? Too many guys. But in any case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, based on Masai's postseason press conference, which I actually took the time to watch the whole 40-something minute video, um, he was really passionate about Toronto and this team and these players like to the point of tears at one point. Yeah. And it was really like, man, I love watching that guy. I love listening to him. He's very captivating. Um, it made me feel like he's staying. Like I wasn't necessarily convinced until I watched that, but w watching that made me feel like, oh, he really cares. He really cares about this team. He genuinely cares. And so I would be shocked if he left. I don't know why it's taken this long. It's fairly unprecedented um, for executive level people to have like lingering contract situations like this. Um, so who knows? I mean, I think other teams are kind of too deep into the draft process and recruiting and scouting for next season already that I think it'd be hard for him to hop to another team this season. Although I'm sure people would still gladly take him anyway. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if he's contemplating something else in his life that he could do outside of the NBA, but yeah, I mean, I want to say that I think he's going to stay, but I mean, I really don't know. Very fair. I think, yeah, anyone who does claim to have like a, like a, a ton of certainty around this, I, you know, I mean, I, I just don't know how, how, how you would, unless you knew something that everyone else didn't. Um, yeah, Katie, where, where, where are you at with, uh, you know, if you had to predict kind of like what's going to happen with Masai th this summer? Yeah, I was in that presser and I I cried. He cried, I cried. Um, but Aww. it was really I had my debts about him. I guess I still do now because the the hope that presser gave me has faded because right. everything is so fleeting in life. Yeah. But um I think I think that 
hearing what he said about what his asks were the last time this happened, which was for like the new OVO training facility, um, like much more focused development with the Raptors 905 arm. Like he got all those things. And the way he made it sound this time was that he had some big asks that he wanted MLSE to pony up for. Um, so I don't know, like, a, you know, I think some people were saying maybe hopefully that's like, is that like a WNBA franchise? Mm-hmm. Is that like, cause they're going to give him any kind of money that he wants. Yeah. I don't think it's a matter of like money on the table um, or liquid, like liquidity or whatever. I think it has to do with just like tangible concrete asks that will improve, not just the team, but almost the state of basketball in Canada. I think that's something that he really wants to be involved in as like a legacy piece. And he has been up to now. So I wonder if that's something with Canada basketball. Like, I wonder if any of this, the qualifiers like today play into that, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. Cause to me, if Masai leaves one, I'm also happy that the NBA is in such a mess this off season. I'm not happy with like what's happening, but I think it speaks well to the Raptors chances in keeping someone like Masai, who I don't think would walk mm-hmm. into mess, honestly. No. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he would walk into a situation that's like very much like well set up and not up in flames kind of around him. And um, what was I going to say? I got, I, sorry, I got so mad today with the state of things that I, uh, my brain went back briefly. Um, Oh, and I think if he ever left basketball, it would be because he would honestly go do some type of greater philanthropic work, whether that's mm-hmm. with his own organization, Giants of Africa, whether that's like um, the, the African Basketball League, like something like that. I think he would have his sights set on something well beyond the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always felt that way, you know, as well. Like, I, I remember that article from way back with with Lyweki and like, you know, getting the list of things and. I think there was a Grange article maybe, you know, September or October or something like that, but just talking about him needing, you know, like wanting and probably having another list that would include like the WNBA um, and I think some pretty big signature things. Um, So I'm pretty like, that's where like I am basically like, I'm going to throw in one other thing, but I want to hear Matt's uh, take first. Matt, if you had to predict like the size, you know, summer where, where where are you at well i remember a few episodes ago you were talking with the guests about Masai, and and the consensus was kind of like if he doesn't go back to the raptors he's gonna like leave and like maybe do something in basketball in africa or uh, or or like katie said like move into something completely different but uh, uh like i think based on what happened like i, th- I don't think Masai wants to leave the nba uh, without winning a championship and not, you know, going through what he did in that final game. I think I remember him saying before just how it, it you know, obviously it ruined the moment to a certain degree. And I think that I think he wants another go. I think he's motivated to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to add on, to get that, that ring. And I think he's also only 50 you know, like I think he has a lot of time left in his life. He's a healthy looking man. <laughs> like, I think he's got a lot of time to like move out and like do other things. So, yeah, I, I feel very confident that he is going to come back to Toronto, even if it's, you know, a three to five year contract or something. I don't think he's fully done yet before he moves on, but I think he wants one more ring before he goes anywhere. So that's what I think. 
I think you, you all hit on some like really good stuff. I'm, I'm basically agreeing with everyone. And, and Matt, I feel like one thing, I don't know if this is exactly where you're coming from, but there is this kind of like fuck Brooklyn revenge quality to Masai that I feel like, you know, e- even the way it went down with Kawhi and, and then, you know, subsequently not being able to get Giannis, there's something about him that, that is sort of like, no, I'm going to golf this course with, like my clubs and I don't care if they're the best clubs and I'm going to beat you. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that I win. So I think part of that is going to the Raptors being like, here's what I feel like bomber has given the Clippers. You know, here's what I feel like, whatever, like, you know, he'll go through the franchises and be like, here's the other advantages that these franchises have over us. Mm-hmm. If you want me, that means you want to win and like, you know, have more infamy, have more parades, uh, and wild scenes at uh, scenes at Nathan Phillips Square. It's like, well, then you also have to be like ready to kind of like balloon out exponentially. Like you, you can't think, you can't have like a, you can't be stubborn about anything. Really, like you have to be willing to take huge risks and also devote serious time, you know, like, well, whether that's like the, the BioSteel center or the Raptors nine five or what have you. Um, yeah. And the only thing I'll add is I feel like Masai and it's kind of ties into the, the madman point that, that Catherine made. I feel like he's looking around the league and, you know, he, he wants to come back. MLSC wants him to come back, but it's kind of like they can't, agree on the announcement and i feel like the announcement is important because of the draft uh because of the olympics because of the raptors direction and because of Masai's career so i think he really wants to broadcast it in a way that's like a i'm a boss which you already all knew b here's some exciting news and c here's a some clarity going forward but you will never have full clarity because i'm such a big figure that i kind of have to remain bigger than this organization Mm. um i just pictured Masai being like i'm a boss you already (laughs) knew that moving on (laughs) i mean if he said that would anyone like i think that would be like maybe the least surprised room i think people would laugh but then they'd all be like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, say he said he's a boss and he is. Any questions? Um, but, uh, okay. Yeah, we have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, everyone's like, honestly, define boss. Like what? You know? Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's talk some NBA. Um, Maddie, good sir, please give me, I don't know, uh, a, sound, a sound collage that's likely going to have a fax machine and a boat and Alvin and the chipmunks. Um, yeah, please give me your most delicious NBA sting. NBA. National Basketball Association. What was that whole built in, or were you waiting for me to? I was waiting for you. Had my finger on the button. Cheers! You rocked my socks off. Um, Thank you. Uh, Okay, um, let's go. uh, Let's go to you, Katie, and um, yeah, just. 
FIBA is back. Uh, I'm excited. I know not everyone cares, so that's why you know I said like, do you care? Uh, but uh, I, I bet you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, just what's one element of of international basketball? Um, and it doesn't have to be like some technical rule. Just like something you you feel like is in, um, you know, FIBA international basketball that you'd like to see kind of make its way to the NBA. Well, as much as FIBA, the entity oh. is evil. <laughs> Did you say Catherine or Katie? <laughs> I think I said Katie, but no, honestly, I got sorry, no, guys. You, I have... said, you said Katie. <laughs> no, Matt, Matt, okay. Matt's just trying to like, prank me. Is what's I'm going on? I'm the Vaccine sweats. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Matt's I'm good. Got that second um, ghost blur. <laughs> he's too powerful. Uh, he's too powerful with the mix. <laughs> I think that FIBA, the entity, is uh, not that great. But yes. I would like to, I guess from international ball, I think there's a, there's like a level of, um, well, I'd, I'd like to say the representation for one. Mm. And actually mine is kind of a technical rule is that this is something I only learned recently. Actually, it was in one of the team Canada um, availabilities they had leading up to this tournament, which was that the FIBA rules are more physical. Like they don't call fouls uh, mm-hmm. as closely as they do in the NBA. Maybe uh, bring that kind of energy to a couple, a couple prime time games. But you could just pepper them into yeah. the season and not tell anyone when. It would be like a surprise. This is a FIBA rules game. Okay, that is hilarious. Look, a game where they change the rules would be so amazing. Sorry, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. okay, yeah. no, just like surprise. Now you can carry the ball. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly um that's 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 a really good one though uh what about what about you Catherine? is there you know do, do you care about fiba are you excited for the game um which we're uh, almost recording through but uh i, I kind of like all olympic sports like even sports i don't watch like ever suddenly the olympics happen and i'm like super excited about this like swan diving competition you know what i mean oh, yeah. like i get i get i just kind of get into it in general but uh in terms of like fiba rules and stuff this isn't really a rule this is just more like a style of play thing um just less like there's less flopping and less like baiting the refs in in fiba basketball that i'd like to see happen in the nba as well like i think that would be better for the game there was just less of that in general. So I'm sorry. It's not, it's not an exact rule. Maybe it's not the most exciting take, but um, based on my limited knowledge of FIBA, that's what I came up with. No, it's uh, it's good. I was, uh, I was thinking what one of you might say the goaltending rule, um, because you can kind of goaltending, you can sort of goaltend in, uh, in, in FIBA, but uh I kind of don't like that because I feel you like mean just all... have your hand by the like by the yeah rim you don't have you, you don't have to wait for the ball to clear the rim so it can oh, hit the okay. rim and if you're the defender you can smack it off um, or if you're the uh, offensive player um, the way I said oh, smack I don't know off if, I don't know if I want that rule I don't know how I feel about that I could I could get I could if I was on the wrong end of that I could see myself being emotional mm-hmm. totally. Um, but it's very I, I decisive. Like, it's a nice decisive rule. It is. Uh, it's it's one of those things that I feel like is kind of um, does make this like does make the sport a little bit different um, in that regard. I was just going to say jersey trading 
Uh, it's starting to happen in the NBA, and it happens in the WNBA all the time, and I love it. I feel like it's just kind of this this weird sports pastime where where after the game people are like, "See, we're happy," and we all are like, hey, "But it's like it's a it's a more like respectful showing of that as opposed to just being like." I'm going to say hello and we'll whisper in each other's ears about like where we're going to have dinner, which is also fine. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I like the the Jersey showing. Um, yeah. FIBA. I'm excited. Uh, even though I don't sound excited, I actually am quite excited. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, let's go to you, Catherine on um, this Pat Bev stuff. So I'm, I'm assuming we all saw it. I, it was quite the scene. And I like it, it just got me thinking about like other big NBA scenes that have happened. And I think the way it was like the tracking shot too, right? Because you know, Aiton sets the screen, Chris Paul kind of like flails, uh, you know, in a very exaggerated way, but did fall hard. Uh Pat uh Patrick Beverly did get under him, has a history of being a dirty player, uh, with the Westbrook injury and others. Um, but yeah, the way that Pat uh, Pat Beverly like mocked him after like just like almost like the flightiness in which he was jumping was kind of like it was just it was very scenic uh, and very disrespectful scenic um, yeah I thought so um, I mean like you know it was kind of like, like long drive like it was very scenic <laughs> yeah you know what it wasn't long drive scenic but it was like artistic <laughs> you know what I mean I, I felt okay. like it was I you felt sound like- very pro Patrick Beverly based <laughs> on your adjectives I've become more pro Patrick Beverly the more I've watched it because it's, I don't know. I feel like it's sort of mesmerizing and the way all the other players look at him and like discuss where they're like, this is a hurt man and you're dancing. And like, I don't know. It's just like emotions are really high. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious about, um, Wait, can you explain sorry. why are you pro Patrick Beverly? <gasps> In all fairness, I'm actually not. I don't know like you, Pat- but you can be. I'm just like, I don't understand that side of it, which is me giving my answer, I guess, like to the point where like, I, I, I don't get it. So if you have like, what, what is, I it? mean, I think it's really just frustration boiling over. Like, I think, you know, Chris Paul exaggerates a lot of falls and sure. it's the playoffs. So but I think did he, I, I didn't think he exaggerated that fall. I don't, I mean, he landed it, like his back landed on his foot. Like that actually looked like, oh, it definitely was like a really, really hard fall. But I think, you know, there's obviously a relationship between Patrick Beverly and Chris Paul. too. So I think it was kind of this moment where I'll say this. I think I think his um, flailing about is what got him the flagrant foul. Like, I don't think it would have been a flagrant foul if he just left it alone. So, you know, from that respect, it's like, okay, you're like kind of costing your, I mean, they won the game ultimately, but like, you're kind of costing your team a little bit here. Um, And I don't think that's good. Um, Also too, like there was a moment that I feel like isn't talked about enough where he sits on the scorer's bench and he does that deliberately to continue to bait the fans. (laughs) And it's like, look, like there are really tough defenders that I really love. And there's even players who, who will have somewhat mocking gestures to the crowd that I really love, but I just feel like the way they do it just isn't as vicious as he is. And I like, I just haven't been a fan of this guy probably ever. Um, I don't know if I ever will be. 
um that's why i was just so curious like what is like the defense for this guy like i just i don't get it i he really rubs me the wrong way um i don't <laughs> hot take alert i don't like him i'm sorry I, okay <laughs> I, wish I had something more <laughs> profound to say like i just i don't like him and i don't like these antics although i do like some antics i just feel like his always go too far and i don't know why he keeps getting away with it or maybe he doesn't i don't know okay just to defend myself and be clear this is not like a pro patrick beverly question no let's be clear confederacy of dunks <laughs> podcast is a pro patrick beverly yes. podcast no you're right um, i'm sorry matt, you just lost sponsors like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah you know we, we can't run away from who we are matt does a lot of pat bev fan art it's very cool. <laughs> um no what uh but but I, I was trying to ask so Catherine, like is there another moment it reminded you of that's like like just a moment of disrespect you remember in the past um you know but not one that like resulted in like a, a fight or anything like you know, the, 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 well, I mean, in this year, I, everything Trey Young has done has been pretty iconic. Like in the mm -hmm. New York series, and then like even that little shimmy in Game One of the series, like like that stuff I love. Also, too, like in the New York series, like the fans were really giving it to him, so it was like more reactionary as opposed to antagonistic. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe if it's like you're reacting to something then it's different than being antagonistic about it. Now that I think about it out loud, I'm not sure. But to me, the all-time classic, 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 classic favorite is Reggie Miller with the choke, staring mm -hmm. Spike Lee in the face. Like, that is just gold. Um, yeah. And I always loved watching Reggie Miller play, and I really enjoyed that Indiana Pacers team. Like, they were always kind of the underdogs, like, maybe not against New York, but definitely against the bulls that I always found myself rooting for them until the bulls would win <laughs> I drink for the bulls over the jazz um, when I was young. But anyway, yeah, that's the, that to me is the most iconic one. No, that's, that's an amazing one. Like, you know, if, if uh, anyone listening hasn't seen winning time, uh, definitely watch it because it's like, it's a very fun dramatization of that. Um, yeah, Katie, is there, is there a moment for you that's like Pat Bev adjacent? Uh, I, I got a couple moments, but I don't want to accidentally say it unless, uh, you know. Um, well, the, I will you, say there's one defendable thing about Pat Bev, and I think that's just like he's an energy guy. So he does that part of his job really well. You know, he he knows that he has to bring energy to the team. Uh, that he plays on, mm -hmm. but sometimes he's extremely dirty about it. But that's as far as I'll go to defend him. Um, yes. I thought the weirdest thing was that he did his little dance twice, almost like he didn't sell it enough <laughs> yeah. the first time. Like that to me, yeah. I was like, yeah, do it once. But then it's like, are you not even like, you don't even have conviction in yourself that like you need to repeat yourself like that. So yeah, I didn't like that he did that. Like Catherine said, I also didn't like that he went and sat on the scorer's table that mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of like Malice of the Palace stuff. It like, did, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, like, I, and I actually got kind of like, ooh, like I, I felt like such an arc after, but I was like, oh no, like worried that something would happen. Me too. I got scared. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But I mean, and granted, like the Suns and four guy aside, I feel like it hasn't really been, it hasn't been a series that is like indicative of something like that happening, but it, right. that is just where my brain went. Um, in terms of just like, I don't know, to me, I'm like such a Rashid, like Rashid Wallace is like, like 
the, yes. the light of my life. So I think like just him getting, I like Rashid's arc and like the ball don't lie arc because it's just cause like he got in shit for so long, like yes. during his career and like refs have since come out and said it. And I was like, yeah, we were pretty harsh on him. Like he didn't deserve all those fouls, you know, like he was just kind of, he was a target for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I think of that as like a way of calling out and enacting and calling out your own revenge. So I'm supportive of that. Love that's that. that's a great great pick. Um, I I I I don't want to say this, but I feel like it's such a moment of personal disrespect that sits with me. But LeBron like spinning the ball in front of Serge and then drinking the beer. Oh, the beer! Yeah, during at Scotiabank oh, during the game, it's like it's, it was like a confidence I didn't understand. I was like, is this guy <laughs> drinking a beer? Like it was just really quite my thoughts you know, exactly. <laughs> the Lebronto thing, um, but like as far as like specific moment when like maybe it was my age. Uh, I loved Allen Iverson, um, and you know I wanted the Lakers to lose so bad, even though they just crushed the Sixers. But that first game, Allen Iverson goes wild oh, yeah. uh, against against the Lakers. Uh, they the Lakers I don't think had lost even uh, mm-hmm. uh, up until that point, and there, there's a famous shot of uh, him stepping over Tyron Lou, who I love. Uh, but, but it was just like, as far as a scene, it was like, it was that type of like, kind of like Iverson, like little guy kind of like swag that was, uh, was fun, especially since, you know, the inevitable did happen. Like Kobe and Shaq kind of just had their way with that team. But didn't Ty come out recently and say like, I never viewed it like that. Like he was just trying to get around me. <laughs> oh my God. Like, nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, it put me on the map. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. And Ty Lue just cheers to him having such a wonderful off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, yeah. Um, I, I, I argued till I was blue in the face. Uh, the, the, you know, he's nothing without LeBron kind of talk and did you I th- really i did yeah oh. I, you know I, I remember at that time i just i thought it was so unfair that like all of this all of the success was getting you know credited to lebron mm-hmm. um when tyloo i thought was doing such a good job of keeping like Kyrie and and love and everyone you know oh organized. sorry i thought you meant the opposite yeah 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 oh yeah yeah well what, i mean yeah i i i'm i'm always loath to kind of like scapegoat somebody or give somebody all the credit like I, that's part of the reason i love basketball is like the mm-hmm. giant team network um i'm forgetting the name right now but i remember during the raptors championship run i even loved the the one player we had who would like mimic the other stars during our practices uh i feel like it's so dis- lloyd. disrespectful wasn't it lloyd lloyd yes thank you matt um i thought that was so fun and cool and like what a meaningful part of the team um but yeah let's do our last uh, nba question here uh catherine i'm gonna uh oh wait that was it that was I'm it sorry. yeah uh yeah let's do some, quick, <laughs> let's do some quickish questions perfect uh, okay maddie uh please good sir give me that delicious quickish questions stay I thought you were going to get me, you know, so I had to go early. Um, Okay. This is quickish questions. Uh, I'm going to stutter, slur, be confused, um, be frightened by a lightning bolt. Who knows? Doesn't matter. You have to answer as quickly as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, You can't stall. No phoning a friend. Don't 
repeat the question. Uh, Matt, I'm looking at you. And also, uh, Matt, you got that second dose. That's not an excuse either. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay uh, I think we're ready. Let's do uh, Catherine, Katie, Matt. Um, it'll be uh, short and sweet, but uh, okay, here we go. Catherine. Mm-hmm. If you are stuck in a library with the current Raptors roster and your phone battery dies, who will you approach first to ask if they carry around if they can carry around your phone charger or if if, if they carry around a phone charger that you can borrow? You know what? Take two. Take two on that one. If you are stuck in a library with the current Raptors roster and your phone battery dies, who will you approach first to ask if they carry around a phone charger that you can borrow? Oh, man. Um, I, I, you know, I was kind of leaning towards OG, but I don't know why. I actually, now I'm like, maybe that doesn't make sense. Um, not that he wouldn't have a, a, a charger, but would he be so quick to give it up? And I I'm not so sure. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ken Birch. I feel like he seems like he would <laughs> happily lend me his phone charger. For sure. He's been back in, you know, Ottawa to Montreal, Montreal. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. And he probably because he's been in Europe, he probably has any kind of like um electricity oh, he's adapter. Got all the adapters. Oh, yeah, 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 if you're somewhere else. Oh that's yeah. so cool. I was even say where the pack. library is. It could be in France. That's right. It could be, I feel right. very it could be like anywhere. Let's show the bridge. It could be in between two countries, you know? Like <laughs> um yeah. sorry, that's a that's a weird Danish TV joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Katie. Uh, I guess we already touched on this a bit, but uh, Pat Bev, thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, thumbs down. Yes. Uh, Matt. Yes. Will we look at Embiid's legacy the same way we look at Patrick Ewing's legacy? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. In the uh, way this... that... <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> In the way that uh, I don't know if he's quite a Ewing's level. I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Am I right at that? I, he's not quite there yet. Matt, you're freaking out. The second <laughs> dose has got you tripping. Uh, everything's okay. Um, I, I, it's an interesting question, actually. I think they're, Ewing was amazing, right? Um, yeah. First overall as well. Uh, okay, let's let's do this all play. Um, Catherine, is there a disgruntled superstar that you want the Raptors to target? Uh, I mean, it'd be great if we could get Damian Lillard, right? Ooh. Honestly, yes. Uh, Katie, same question. Oh, thanks for the ding. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a fax oh. from my friend. Um, <laughs> okay. um, uh, honestly, I've talked myself into Ben Simmons because I think he's oh. never... But I don't want to give up anything for him. But uh, so that's why it doesn't work. But I don't think he's ever been in like a stable traditional team environment. He's always been asked to be like some mm. type of freaky hybrid. And I think he would do very well to having like one, a floor general beside him uh, and just like having to play one singular role for a little while. Uh, and also he needs a fresh start. 
Oh, I love this angle, Katie. Okay, I, you know, I was already going to listen to, I don't know if it's the most recent Locked On, but you and Sean go through mm-hmm. some Ben Simmons stuff. So now I'm like basically going to, when I'm done the podcast, going to do that. Because um, <laughs> that's fun. That's fun, like uh, thought exercise stuff. Matt, same question to you. Is there a disgruntled superstar that you want the Raptors to target? Yes. Um, reports have come out that he's quite disgruntled, and this franchise has not seen enough trouble. I want Zion to come to the Raptors. And oh, we will uh, do like it. Yeah. And you know what? We'll package the fourth. Uh, Baines will replace him. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. Oh. Baines will be included in any trade package, I'm sure. He's not not in the <laughs> Yeah. Fourth um, and Baines. And uh, you know he's what? like the cutlery. He's like the plastic cutlery. You you specify you don't need it, and then they toss it in because they got they got some lying around. Yeah, yeah they're like, yeah. Well, the, the, uh, that, that's when the manager steps in. They're like, but you know, just give it to them because they might need it, and they didn't ask for it. <laughs> Uh, okay, sorry. That was a very was so he just shows up to the Pelicans on training day, and they're like, "Why are you here?" And he's like, "I was in the trade." It's in the trade. Part of the that one podcast. I I'm gonna say Kawhi because he's gonna be frustrated at the medical team, and oh my god, Sir Alex McKechnie's gonna wink at him, and. I don't know. I, I'm assuming he'll wink back. But uh, <laughs> that's it for the pod and uh, probably not the thunderstorms. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining. This was a great, fun episode. I, I think we're all excited to go watch some uh, Canada versus Greece. But uh, Catherine, let me just go to you first. Is there anything um, you know you want to tell people about or plug? Yeah, just the huge. Uh, Freddie, you and I started a WNBA podcast called The Pickup. Uh, mm-hmm. It's available on the Sonar Network, which is, I think, the, sa- the same network as this one. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, available wherever you get your podcasts. And as well, I am still trucking along with my Buckets and Tea NBA podcast. I Oh, yeah. I try to release episodes every Monday. It doesn't always work out, but I do try. And, uh, you know, I'm just very me on that show. So there's that too. Well, that, that's a good thing. Um, trying is good. And you being you is also good. Yeah. Um, Katie, what's up? Yeah. You got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I know you probably yeah. got to dip out super quick, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to plug, I guess I'll plug, two podcasts um dishes and dimes as well as uh basketball uh i'll also plug my own newsletter my Substack, basketball feelings where i'm doing a series called exits that's kind of a look back on every team as they get eliminated a um, little bit bittersweet a little bit introspective uh, and i also have a story coming soon for dime on the sea change that we've seen in terms of generational talent in this new in like in these playoffs and why mm-hmm. settle for one generational superstar which we're always kidding ourselves that we're going to get in a draft when we have now like a dozen and it's they're changed they're literally changing the game in real time and that's a little more fun yes i love that that too it's been so fun to watch all these young people Mm -hmm. like like, oh my first playoffs no worries um (laughs) i I, i'm winking so much Uh, (laughs) and this stream yard you know looking at yourself is not great but uh (laughs) This this pod was so fun. Uh, you're both incredible, and like, thank you so much for 
doing this and doing it together. Marco, shout out. You're the best. Um, thank you, Marco. Thanks, Marco. Thank you, Marco. Uh, you're amazing. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it for the pod. Um, thanks everyone who's listening and supporting and yeah, we've been growing basically this whole year. So it is honestly really, really appreciated. Uh, however it's happening, uh, please keep doing what you're doing, like telling people uh, and stuff. Um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Matt, if you feel like we're good to go and we're done, please just say those sweet words. Okay. Okay.